I'm Chef Eric Greenspan of New School American Cheese, and you're listening to Ingredient Insiders. This is Ingredient Insiders. I'm John Magazzino. And I'm Andrea Parkins. On each episode of Ingredient Insiders, we'll be talking with famous chefs and authors about their favorite ingredients. We then speak to the producer of that ingredient to talk about its history, how it's made, and why chefs love using it in their kitchens. California. We're back in California, Andrea. Do you believe it? I love it here. Me too. Why do we live in the East Coast? We went to that gorgeous market yesterday. I can't stop thinking about it. I stepped off the airplane in San Francisco yesterday. Clear blue Mm -hmm. skies. 70 degrees. The sun just hits differently here. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but... I just love it. And we have Eric Greenspan, a repeat guest. He's so Two awesome. Times. He's so funny. He's hilarious. And I mean, I literally, within the last five minutes, got to try the new school American cheese. Yeah, you had a grilled cheese. Delicious. Amazing. Like, takes American cheese to a whole new level. I cannot wait. I mean, we had him on before. You know, he kind of teased us with it. And now to actually like try it, to have it in stock and hear kind of his story on how it came to be. Yeah. So how will we ever eat Kraft Singles or Deli American Cheese again? Because he's revolutionized a product that we all maybe took for granted. 100%. And so Eric Greenspan with New School American Cheese is making this incredible artisanally made American cheese. and. It is absolutely delicious. I can't wait to talk to him. So how do you like your grilled cheese, though, John? My grilled cheese? I'm a I like a pretty much traditional. I like uh, really just do a little... Well, I, I do that little hack where you spread a little mayo on the outside of the bread. Oh, you like mayo on the outside? The outside of the okay. bread mayo. Interesting. Caramelizes. Mm-hmm. That's a Ruth Reichel yeah. taught me that one. Um, dry frying pan. Mm-hmm. Mayo on the outside. I usually will do any kind of white bread. Yep. Um, new school American cheese now. And then maybe finish it with a little bit of butter in the pan just because I like mm-hmm. a little bit of that extra buttery flavor to yeah. it. Yeah. Do you like, are you a grilled cheese tomato soup? I never, you know, no. I don't, I'm not opposed to it, but that's not like, you know, I know that's a lot of comfort food for many people, yeah. but I've never really gotten into that. Because I heard that you make an incredible tomato soup. Have you heard that? I have heard that. Jennifer Sussman, our amazing VP of category management, told me that you made her amazing tomato soup. Well, there you have it. I didn't even know that, but I do make a I do make tomato soup. But I'm not a big tomato soup eater myself. I love to make gazpacho. Gazpacho. Maybe that was what she said. It, it was gazpacho. It might have, but okay. I make tomato soup too. But yeah. I, I, you know, amen. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, this is going to be an awesome episode. Eric Greenspan, New School American Cheese, California. Andrea, how happy are you? So happy. I love California. Let's do this, John. All right. This season of Ingredient Insiders is brought to you by Bazzini Nuts. Bazzini is the brand of choice among chefs in the finest hotels and restaurants. Their legacy of quality extends to gourmet retail stores, specialty boutiques, grocery distributors, and delis, ensuring you have access to their extensive range of consumer retail packages. It all started in 1886 when Italian immigrant Anthony L. Bazzini began selling nuts by the pound to bakers, street vendors, and individuals during the Great Depression. 
But Bazzini Nuts isn't just about peanuts. They offer a delightful array of nuts like cashews, almonds, pecans, pistachios, hazelnuts, and more, plus a tempting selection of dried fruit, including apricots, cranberries, figs, dates, prunes, and tomatoes. So whether at the ballpark, in the kitchen, or indulging in some well-deserved self-care, choose Bazzini Nuts. With a legacy spanning 137 years, they're here to serve your needs with the same consistency, reliability, and quality, making them an iconic name in the world of nuts and dried fruits. Bazzini Nuts, tradition, quality, and taste all in one. Taste the legacy today. This episode is in partnership with The Chef's Warehouse and produced by Gotham Production Studios in New York City. Do you believe it? We have, we're in Berkeley, California now. We are. We've got Greeny with us. Go Bears. Who's Greeny? Eric Greenspan. From? L.A. Okay. <laughs> wasn't the answer New, I was looking for. New School American Cheese. New School American is. Cheese. There it is. Second and, time guest. Yeah. Oh, and star of the Food Network. Oh, yeah. I just binged all four seasons of TOC. I was I was at season one. I know, but like why I kept like waiting for you to come back. They didn't invite you back? What happened? They invited invite me back. I had back. a company to grow. Oh, he I was business. working That's on fair. stuff. You know what I mean? So, so tell us about the wait, company. Well, no, hold wait, on. This wait, is a little bit of a slow, 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 slow down. I'm like, sorry, I got excited. There's a lot yeah. more to me Let's than, slow down. than, than the company. Yeah. Fine. Fine. All right. John. This is an interesting place for us to have this conversation because Eric. Now you correct me if I'm wrong. Born in New Jersey. Born in New Jersey. Grew up in Southern California. Southern California. Went to school at the University of California, Berkeley. Go Bears. Go Bears. Amazing school. Yeah, thank you. Um, Is it nostalgic for you to be here? Oh my God, it's the best. It's the best. I, so I started cooking here. So I, I, my first cooking job, and I actually like earlier today was, was there, was walking up and down Telegraph Avenue. Like, I, so I started cooking at a place called the Cafe Med. Class, like one of the first like espresso bars like in the country. It's where Ginsburg wrote the Howl. It was in uh, it was Phil, it was in the Graduate. It's like this it was where all the protests were like organized right. at the Cafe Med. It was like this classic, classic place. So I was walking by Telegraph today. I was like, oh, let's go check out the Med. It's a sizzling rice place now. Mm. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, which was a little bit unfortunate. How, what did but you still back What did you do there? So I started as a dishwasher. Yeah. Um. I actually got the call on the 4th of July when the USA was playing Brazil in the World Cup, like literally like 20 minutes before kickoff. My roommate gets a call from this place and says, hey, we've got a job for you. And he's like, well, I already have a job, but my roommate doesn't. And he's like, dude, you got to go. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I walked down to this cafe, man. It was like right down the street from my apartment. And I, I started as a busboy, like slash dishwasher. And I remember, I remember the head busboy who must have been there for like 20 years was like, Hey man, slow down, slow down. And I was like bored. Right. He's like, basically he was like, you're making me look bad. Cause I was like, and so I, the kitchen was, it was like a Sunday. The kitchen was getting hammered. It was like a little breakfast place. Right. And so I remember walking up to the owner and I was like, I, you know, I'd really rather, can I work in there? Can I work in the kitchen? And he goes, do you know how to cook? And I pushed one minute start on the microwave. And I like looked the guy in the eyes while I pushed the button start. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, you're hired. That's amazing. And I worked, I was the prep cook, and I worked for a chef named Richard. His sous chef was a guy named Brownie. Sunday, breakfast joint. Yeah. Sunday, 9.30 in the morning, both walked. And the owner came up to me. He's like, can you do it? And I'm like, sure. And I just start flipping it. I, I must have broke three orders of eggs over easy for every order. And I just 
handled it. Somebody like one of the bus boys came in and like worked the register for me and dropped my toast and I and I cooked eggs. And by like the time the first rush was over, I was like, I'm doing this for the rest and of my life. That was it. You got the bug. Oh my god. I'm I'm someone who likes to accomplish things. Yeah. Right. And like that's how I got into this damn school in the first place. Yeah. Right. And and the idea that like you're like you've got 20 things to do and you've got five to seven minutes to do it in. Um, and then you get it all done. Yeah. And like egg cooking too, like there's no room for air. Like you either mm-hmm. break the yolk or you do not break the yolk. Right. Um, and so it was like, you know, you get everything, like all this stuff done in like five minutes. You're like, Oh my God, now I have all this other stuff to do. And like for a guy like me in that time, it was like a Jones tour. It was amazing. And I was like, I just had to figure out how to tell my parents like, so I know I'm at college and all, but... What did you I think, think I you were going to do? Right, I'm not going to be a nuclear scientist yeah. anymore. Yeah, I'm going to be no, shorter no. to cook at the breakfast yeah. joint. I didn't know. Did you, I, yeah. did, I, I knew I wanted to be in business. Okay. You know, I knew I wanted to to run my own business and mm-hmm. like be my own boss at some point. Um, but I had no idea that I wanted to cook until I did that. So yeah, it's it, is it nostalgic to be at Berkeley? Yeah, 100%. Plus, it's like, it's funny about college towns. Like, all the same food that I ate, what, 25 years ago? Yeah. It's more than that. All the same restaurants are still here. Like, you open up a restaurant, like, I'm like, why have I not opened up a restaurant in a college town? Because if yeah. you open up a restaurant in a college town and it hits, like, and it's, like, remotely average and the right price point, you're going to have, like, a 50-year run. Like, mezzo salads. Boom. Had a mezzo salad. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I just had a salad. I got room for a hot dog. So I walked up to Top Dog Hot Dogs and you walk past Ivy Hoagies. Like, all the places that I used to eat at. So like, yeah, super nostalgic. It's great so that was your first. And then, so you went on to work at great restaurants around the country, around the world. Yep. Yeah. I, I figured you could, like, I, I am not a fancy person. I wasn't raised to be a fancy person. I'm a salt of the earth kind of person. I'm a man of the people. Um, but I always figured <laughs> out, like, like, if I was going to, like, but I'm also someone who likes to achieve stuff. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to go learn from the best. Yeah. If I learn how to cook a perfect steak, I'm pretty sure I could apply it to a burger right right but if i only know how to cook burgers well, i'm gonna be you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna be a college boy you know what i mean and so uh so yeah i went and worked with some of the some of the some you went of the to better, you went to cordon bleu which is the cordon bleu in paris and then uh, which wasn't by the way was like not a good school it was like housewife training it was like it was fun okay. being in paris was great right. great 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 learned a ton mm-hmm. eating outside and, and living in paris outside like, of the class school was like it was funny the first day of school so because I had no training at the breakfast place, I was shown how to make hollandaise once before Richard and Brownie decided to to take jump, their, to take jump jump out of town, yeah. Yeah, to fight the power. Um, and so I was under the impression that you made hollandaise every time somebody ordered an eggs Benedict. And I made hollandaise to order every single time somebody ordered an eggs Benedict. Yikes. The first day of culinary school, and there's like a translator, and they're like, we're going to talk about the mother sauces. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, the first thing we're talking about is hollandaise. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to learn hollandaise? Like, I already know hollandaise. Like, I'm going to ace school. I'm about to be the best. And they, they show you how to make it. I'm like, yeah, I already know how to do all this. And, you know I mean? and then they're like, and then here's a bain-marie, and here's how you hold it for up to four hours. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I was so pissed that I literally, I remember first day of school, got up, walked out, and I was like, I'm, I'm taking the rest of the day off. So Cordon Bleu, Paris, and then, yeah, worked for, you know, Ducasse and Boulet and Rocco Despirito and, and Adria and El Bouilly for a little bit. And, and I think I met you when you were working for the Patina Group probably for the first probably, time. Yeah. yeah, I was the LA. last executive chef of the original Patina. 
Got and then it. when they decided to sell like pre-theater salmons at the concert hall, I was like, yeah. So you worked for some of the greatest chefs Ooh, on the planet yeah. at those times and yeah. you know, maybe forever. Um, then you became famous for, you, you, you made pivot, the- Pivot one. Here well, we, here, here. it's the grilled cheese book and grilled cheese. So, so where did that yeah, come what was from? The, like, the impetus for that. So I- Opened up my first restaurant, the Foundry on Melrose in 2007. And we were in... What was the food like there? So the idea of it, and this was well before kind of people started doing this, but the idea was it was kind of like gastro puppy. It was like like approachable fine dining, right? right? Instead of steak, we were doing short ribs before like short ribs became expensive. You know, we would do sweet breads and we would do, you know, or like, but like a good chicken breast, but like do it in a super unique way. But like the prices were approachable. We had a live jazz band in the front, like a cool patio in the back. And it was like this like edgy kind of fun. We weren't in the gallery part of Melrose. And we were in, in we Melrose. Were, yeah, we were on Melrose, but like not the gallery part. We're like the t-shirt part of Melrose, right? And that's kind of where... The whole cheese thing came from was I was like, you know what? Instead of doing a cheese plate, I, I wanted the place to be accessible. I always considered the foundry as like like a gateway drug to like fine dining, mm-hmm. and I always viewed myself like in my purest form how I cook food is about like taking like American food and like things that people know, and then going like taking it way up to like a higher level, yeah. right? Because you had that classical training, mm-hmm. but you also had your time. So like it was again back to like the whole thing that it's like. Like when I was at Patina, we were cooking the best food that city's ever seen. We had top, remember Zagat ratings? Sure. We had the highest, you know, Zagat rating. We were, you know, we got Wine Spectator Magazine chose us as like the best meal he's ever had in Los Angeles. Like we were killing it, killing it, killing it. And then when I opened up my own restaurant, I'm like, I just don't want my restaurant to be only for rich people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm an Orange County punk rocker at right. the end of the day. I was going to talk and like about like, your gr- head, like, you know, but like growing up, like was food part of your nope, life? Not at all. Really? Not at all. It was a job. Wow. I got into food because I got off, like I said, on the accomplishment. It was a job right. for me and I dug the job and then I was like, well, you might as well do this as well as you can. And then when you start working, when you, then you move to Paris to go to culinary school and you start working for, you know, David Boulay, mm-hmm. you, it turns out you learn how, what great food is, and that's kind of where where, where the passion came. Yeah. But did you have any? Did you feel like you had some innate abilities when you were working, even as a short order cook? You, like, mm, yes, you didn't make. Oh, a, I was. A, you weren't cooking at home when you were a kid. You not, weren't yeah. not much. No, like, I used to make. Your bre- remember Boulay bread shells? The yeah, pizza shells. Sure. Yeah. I used to make breakfast pizzas. That was like the one thing that I would make. Yeah. Um, no, but like I've always been a really creative person. Um, but again, even the creativity part, like that didn't come, like I got blessed that I became an executive chef at a very young age. Like I, why Joakim Spichal made me the executive chef of Bettina at 27 years old. Like when he called me to his office, I was like, oh, he probably needs like recommendations of great New York chefs to bring over to be. And then like, you know, like, like he made me chef. Like I was blessed that it was at a time where I was like, I do not deserve this job. I shouldn't have this job. This is way ahead. Uh, Did but that like gave, fuel you? It to it, be it, it, no in the reverse. Like okay. I see where you're going with yeah. me. I was like, I am on borrowed time right now. Okay. I have no reason to be here. And so I was like, so I'm like, let's enjoy it while we can. Let's go for it. But I was lucky that I had like at a very young age was given an opportunity to be super creative on a super high stage. Um but, but to answer your question, like, yeah, I was definitively a kick-ass line cook. Like I could I could get down. And I knew that from the beginning. Like I knew that from like self-taught breakfast cook, and I would bang it out and crush the whole thing. And I was like, okay, there's nothing I can't do. Like being a, by the way, and this is to all of you young cooks out there, like you want to learn how to cook, be a short order breakfast cook. What did I tell you today? 
Go you set a job at a diner? No. What, my first job, I worked for my cousin's restaurant, but I said I wanted to go to culinary school. Uh-huh. My mom called my cousin who owns a restaurant right outside of Philly, and he was like, if she's going to go to culinary school, she's going to work breakfast in my restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So for two years, every, sa- so smart. every Saturday and Sunday, pancakes, French toast girl right here. Yo, and that's all I did. Yo, if you can flip yep. eggs, you can do anything. Right. That was like the funniest thing. Like when we would, like we would go, when I went to go work for Ducasse, like, you know, Doug, Doug Saltz, sure. right? We both had the same kind of thing. Like we went into Ducasse and like we're bangers and you're watching these guys flip out over like 30 covers and you're just like, yo guys, like this is right. not that hard. Like, you know, like it's not that hard to kick ass at least, you know, like they'd like be freaky. Oh my God, we're doing 60 people. I remember Doug yelling across the kitchen. Uh, he was like, yo, greedy. Cause everything was talking French. And I'm like, yes, sir. And he goes, these guys, they don't know who Pete Rose is. And they don't know how he played the game. That's hilarious. And I was like, that is like the funniest thing I've ever heard. But it's kind of true. So like, I always knew that I could cook. And what's interesting too is Doug came out of the Greek diners of Queens. Well, that's why me and Doug were very, that's why we always got along. Because we're both like, you know. We we came from, like, we we cut our teeth. Humble beginnings. We cut our teeth in the action. Right. And we were just lucky enough that we were talented enough and smart enough both motivated enough to work for the best people. We recognize those opportunities and we're able to absorb it partially because we were not in awe. Like right. neither of us were that kind of person. Right. Like, I'm so in awe. We're like, okay, cool. I get it. I can do that. You know? And so we did it. So fast forward, foundry on Melrose. Yeah. I didn't want a cheese plate. I wanted it to be more approachable. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I said, let's take everything that's on a cheese plate. And let's make a grilled cheese sandwich. So I took raisin walnut bread and I took like a stinky Telegio cheese and I made a dried apricot and caper puree and oven dried tomatoes and arugula. And that became our grilled cheese sandwich because like people walking in off the street in the bar were not going to order a cheese plate, but they'd be like, oh, I don't know grilled cheese is. They get that grilled cheese. Boom. I got you. Now you're going to start. Now we now, now you're going to play your way through the menu. Right. And we're going to get you. Gateway drug, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the clincher was, I, you know, I was one of those guys who was like, if I'm going to serve short ribs, it was like, let's cut it into perfect squares. And so it was like all this like short ribs scrap line around. And my my, my sous chef, and we were selling the hell out of short ribs. My, my sous chef was like, dude, we you can't just throw this away, chef. You know, I'm like, put on the grilled cheese. cheese. And so we would just, people would add it. on the, I think it was like two bucks right. to add like five. No wonder I was broke. You right. know what I mean? Like, but man, was that a sandwich. And so like I became through that, yeah, next thing you know, it's on the best thing I ever ate. Next thing you know, it's like Alton Brown did like top 10 comfort foods in America. That grilled cheese was like number three or something like that. I was watching it with my mom and my fiance, who's now my wife. And like, we didn't realize it was a countdown. And like, I'm watching the show and they're like kibitzing on the couch, like Jewish women will do. And, I, and I'm like, I realized like at number seven, I'm like, oh my, oh my God, this is a countdown. That's pretty and cool. So I'm like watching the show. And like, they're like, when's yours going to be on? I'm like, ah! Like, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not for a while <laughs> you know uh and it finally it was like number three so like the sandwich took off and i became the grilled cheese guy do you like grilled cheeses andrea i mean is that a question john yeah that's a real question i love grilled do, cheeses do, do, what's do you your know anybody what's who your, doesn't like i'm not a monster i'm curious to know what what is the perfect your perfect grilled cheese okay so i'm like kind of a minimalist when it comes mm-hmm. to grilled cheese mm-hmm. so, tell me the bread tell me the cheese tell me the fat tell me the whole thing okay so I think like white bread for mm-hmm. me is like okay. I want. Can you be more specific? Like, it could be like a sourdough it's or not white bread. what's that? Sourdough it, bread is not white bread. 
But okay, fine. Are Stick we talking with Wonder it. Bread? Don't let him bully you, by the Pullman? way. If you want to say white bread, you say white bread. Yeah, say white bread. Fine. Okay. I'm just looking for I grew up on Arnold white bread. Arnold, yes. I like Arnold All right? white bread. So it's like country white or whatever mm-hmm. they call it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I want an Arnold country white bread, yes. uh-huh. butter, both sides. Uh-huh. Yes, inside out. The inside out. and the out? Yeah. yeah okay. I've never done that. Yes. You never, what do you mean you've never really? done that? Really? I put the butter on the, out, I put the, butter on the sides. You've never done butter the, on, on the inside of a grilled cheese sandwich? You have why, to. Why? You put the cheese on there. Because it just kind of helps it, the cheese yes. melt. Oh, it's so good. Okay, let me, let me explain to you guys a little extra, bit something about science. Yeah. First of all, I'm not against butter. Well, look, ever. I love that like, we're telling yeah, the grilled cheese. Like, you know, you guys can put butter anywhere you want. But the butter inside the bread definitively does not help the cheese melt. You know what helps the cheese melt? Heat. Heat. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then you have like the melty butter and the okay melty cheese. Okay Haven't you ever I'm heard like, of butter makes the, things better? To be clear, to be clear, this is the first food hedonistic thing that I've heard about that I am not teaching somebody that somebody is teaching me. Yeah. Okay. And I'm so I'm like, I'm into it. Okay. Butter so I sides, like butter guy. on both sides of the bread. Yep. Um, both sides of each piece of bread is what correct. you're saying. Okay. You it's like a lot of butter. butter. A lot of butter. I love that. You have the uh, yeah, on the one side. Yeah. Then you have what's the cheese? American. Yeah, for me it's American. What kind of American? Oh, well, and it, no, not just not for a segue. Not just a not segue. Not for a segue. Yeah. Okay, so Woo. there's an amazing American cheese. Uh huh. There is. There, there, ha- there hasn't been. There has look not at, been. Look at the segue. Do you like it? It was so good. It was like natural. Yeah. Right. It's it's new school American cheese. Well, that's why we're here today. Not old school. No. 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 no new no, no, school. No. Can yeah. you t- like so this cheese is like. Epic. Eric started a cheese company. Yeah. Right. We tell us about it. His love of grilled okay. cheese. Okay. Tell, 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 us, tell us. A little bit of, I'm going to give you a little bit of back history. What's funny. Like, how that, did you have this idea? So when we talk about like, what's the perfect grilled cheese? If you, I wrote a cookbook called The Great Grilled Cheese mm-hmm. Book. And if you look at that book, there the classic that you mentioned is yeah. in it, which okay. by the way is my favorite grilled cheese yeah. too. But like all of the grilled cheeses in there are like super complicated. But and like, it's just like kind of funny that like I've like through the years have kind of stripped things down a little bit. But do you but like things on your grilled cheese? I, like, I do. You do? I like do active you? grilled cheeses. I'm more of a purist. Yeah. Um, like bacon, caramelized onions. I like melts. I'm not opposed to it. You know what I like on my grilled cheese? What? Cheese. Like pickle slices. Oh, yeah. I like really? the vinegars. I like yeah. the vinegars mm. as much. So like the Great Grilled Cheese book separated. Uh, the chapters were by cheese. Okay. Mm. And they were all complicated sandwiches. But the, I wanted to like lean in on it. I was like, let's make the first one American cheese. And let's give a recipe for American cheese. Yeah. And then like the recipe for American cheese was like take garbage A and garbage B and garbage C. And I was like, I can't put that in a cookbook. Like people can, don't have these ingredients. Right. I came up with a less garbagey product that actually is definitively not what is now new school um but it was closer to it just so that i could like have it in the in in the cookbook and in doing so it made me think right that you're like especially these days right like take like your high-end burger like there's these people who have like smash burger places right but like my grind is you know chuck brisket short rib i pan bake my own brioche and i wish my mail but like i owe but then what's the cheese? Like, mm-hmm. I, it's, oh, it should be American cheese. right? shouldn't but be an afterthought. But there's just no way to complete the circle of quality. Mm-hmm. And that was always a frustration of mine, like, as I cooked food. So, like, as I got, I closed all of my restaurants in, like, 2016, 2017. I was like, I just don't want to do this. Like, I don't like running eight different restaurant concepts all over the city of yeah. Los Angeles. I just had my second kid. I was like, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to get into, into, like, the future of food, which is when I started doing ghost kitchens, which we do not need to talk about. Um, super dystopian. Turns out, like, like Blade Runner shit. Um, but uh, and I was like, and I'm gonna get in a, in, in a in a consumer goods, 
and and I my my partner Alan, who you both know, yep. sat down Love with you, Alan. Alan. Alan has been in the CPG space for a long time, and I was like, I got these ideas, and like I started running off these ideas. Like I was like, and I'll I'll spout them out, but if anybody out there steals any of these ideas, I'm going to know it. I'm going to check your browsers because I might come back to them. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna. I was like, one of them was like adapt genetic, like like spoonable, like savory bread puddings, like uh like a carrot cake and zucchini bread and carrot bread and and banana bread, but like. That you eat out of a jar. Same kind of yummy. Uh, and I was like, nope, not that. Uh, and I was like, and I was like, oh, vegetable-based jellies. Now I was like, nope, not that. And I'm like, mac and cheese, but like fancy pasta versions. And he's like, eh, not that. And I was like, small batch artisanal premium American cheese. And he's like, he's like, what did you say? And I'm like, small batch artisanal American cheese. He's like, I'm quitting my job. Yeah. And we're doing this. And this was like six years ago. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, when we did the Allen brother, we did the, the burger sure. episode of this. We were still talking about it. That was yeah. like three years ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it was a significant process, but like for me, it's always made sense that it was like, I've always wanted a product like that. And if I'm going to put my name on a product, like, you know, and it's not like, it's like, I'm not Guy Fieri. You know what I mean? So it's not like, Guy Fieri's barbecue right. sauce, you know, like Eric Greenspan's American cheese. Like, you know, like that's not, why we're doing it right like but it makes sense it's like like if i'm gonna put my name on something it should be something that people would like look to me for and be like oh that makes sense like if eric greenspan is making that american cheese it's probably pretty good and they'd be right what is the history of american cheese i mean it's so ubiquitous for any of us who grew up in the states to go to a uh, you know the supermarket deli counter Uh or wherever it is Uh or go to a sandwich shop and Uh or get a burger Uh You know, yeah. it's American cheese. Yeah, my mom used to get a you know pound you know, of Lando Lakes every week. You, know, you were raised right. You can go to England and buy cheddar cheese. You can go obviously to France or anywhere around the world now and buy brie or camembert. But American cheese is, unless I'm wrong, it's distinctly American. I mean, can you go to Europe and you buy can now. American? It's cheese? called like burger cheese, and yeah. they only have it because of American burger culture coming to Europe. Right. Right. Um, so it's a cow's milk cheese. Let's start with the basics. So, okay, here's how it starts. Is it actually a cheese? Ish. Like, can they call it a cheese? Sometimes. Right. Oftentimes, that, no. Right. Oftentimes, it's a cheese product. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. American cheese started about 100 years ago, Robert Kraft. And it was originally meant, it was originally like kind of a luxury item. It was originally meant to be... It's because it's called, you know, it's pasteurized processed cheese. Mm -hmm. And basically what you would do is you would take cheddar cheese and you would add a little bit of fat and a little bit of uh, steam to melt it down and some sodium citrate to keep that fat emulsified in it. And you would, because like, here's what happens. You heat the cheese up. When you melt the cheese, the water evaporates, right? So it breaks. That's why cheddar cheese oils off. Mm -hmm. When you melt cheddar cheese, as much as like people who are like, Instead of American cheese, I'm going to use cheddar cheese suckers because like then you just get this oily, clumpy mess. It's gross. I think so, at least. I don't like hot cheddar hot cheese. Cheddar? Exactly. I don't exactly. like it, it on a burger. I don't like it, it on a grilled so cheese. It oils off, right? so I you, just don't like it. Even so, a mac and cheese, it gets grainy. Yes. So yep. when you heat it up, it oils off. So what, you, so what they did is they added a little bit of fat and a little bit of liquid right, to bring that emulsion back. And then sodium citrate would keep the emulsion together. It's an emulsifying salt. right? And then when it cooled down... It would hold its form, and now it's pasteurized, mm-hmm. and so now it'll last longer. So you didn't have to worry as much about the refrigeration and shipping it over the country and how long it took to get from Wisconsin to California or to the East Coast or wherever it was being made. And it was, frankly, a luxury item because it's a way to make, make sometimes shelf-stable, right? And then what happened was, like, for, like, 100 years, it just did this. They're like, wait a minute. Like, if we can do that, 
do we really need to add like butter or can we just add like hydrogenated oil hydrogenated yeah. oil and like do we really need to add cheese or can we just add kind of like whey proteins and enzymes for the flavors and like if we add sorbic acid to it you know or phosphates maybe it'll last even longer and like so it just like got reduced to its lowest common denominator over and over and over and over and over again. And all we've done at New School is go like, so like if Kraft started here and did this, we just did that. Mm-hmm. So like instead of just like, bar- like obviously not like whey protein, like Frankenstein mixtures of cheese, we did aged cheddar. Not all H cheddars, barrel cheddar and H cheddar. Mm-hmm. So that it's like flavor forward. It has a sharpness to it, but it's not like a sharp cheese, right? Uh, there's obviously water in it from the steam when you melt it down, but we added real cream, right? We added real butter. We added sodium citrate. We added a little bit less sodium citrate than what most people add so that it doesn't, so that it doesn't hold the emulsion too well. Like for us, it's like we want it to like, I want a cheese hug. Like I want it to melt like, like uh, super melty, super, super melty. Yeah. Um, so we took some sodium citrate out, and in doing so, we dropped the sodium levels of the cheese. And so we're like, ooh, do we want a low-sodium cheese? No. So we added salt, like regular salt. So we have more regular salt in our cheese than most people do because we have less sodium citrate. So you can actually taste the notes of that sharpness from the aged cheddar. And we just made a flavor-forward, premium-based, limited-ingredient, clean-label, highly natural American cheese. And you can taste it. And when you taste it, it tastes clean. When you taste it, it tastes natural. But it melts like no other. And it's got flavor to it. And we're just kind of bring. we're, we're com- finally completing that circle for chefs. It's like, look, if you ask a chef or a foodie, right? Most people will be like, what do, you, what do you love in a burger? What do you love in a mac and cheese? What do you love in a grilled cheese? You want American cheese. How many, like, how many chefs warehouse customers do you have right now who the chef is probably like, I sure would love to put American cheese in this burger, but I'm charging $19 for it or $22 to it because I've got a fancy restaurant and I use all of the chef's warehouse, fancy olive oils and all the stuff that you guys have because you guys got the best chefs in the country buy from you, right? And they're like, I cannot justify, right, using American cheese even though I want to. Like chefs love American cheese. Right. We give you the one that, that you can be proud of, one to brag about and one that also like, is definitively the best. So you don't need to sacrifice. And so where's the cheese made? Um, I make it in my, in my garage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we, we, so we, Wisconsin. We did not launch this to be like, hey, we're just going to do this in California. Like the goal is to be all over the country. So you got to make it in the center, center of the country just to, you know, to make, and like, it's not cheap. It's not expensive, but compared to like commodified American cheese, it's not cheap. And so like logistically, um, you know, we didn't know that such a phenomenal company like Chef's Warehouse was going to help us out and pick it up and like, you know, be able to, you know, do the logistical thing. So like, we were like, we, it has to be in the middle of the country so we can afford to send it to people. I mean, I mean it's it, right up our alley, John. It's such a genius right? idea. It's in its simplicity. I, it's, but it, it's, you know, as you were making the point earlier, like if you're going out, you're a chef, you're buying the premium Allen Brothers CBS uh-huh. burger blend. You're, you know, making your own brioche buns. You're doing all of these things. And then you're slapping tomatoes. Exactly. You know, and and then you're slapping on a piece of processed. You're either slapping on commodified processed processed cheese or you're breaking your your, your oily, Oily greased off cheddar. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm, you know, we talked about grilled cheese a few minutes ago, but like when it comes to burgers, the only cheese I'm putting on a burger is American. I, when I, I cringe. Hey, listen, I love blue cheese, but not on my burger. Mm-hmm. I love Swiss cheese, 
but no. not on my burger. No, 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 no. The cheese on my burger. American. Is only American. What's funny is that, like, what we're finding, like, look, I've had burgers with Gruyere on it that are good. I've had burgers with aged cheddar that are good. But what we're hearing from is like the 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 thanks that we get from the chefs who are like, you know, like thanks because yes. like I had I was forced like they still make a great product because they're chefs and so like okay I can't use American cheese so what am I gonna do right I'm probably gonna fry an egg and put it on it or or, or I'll use Gruyere but I'll have like a thick cut bacon or I'll make an onion marmalade I can finally put American cheese on my burger and still sell it mm-hmm. to my fancy pants customers and like you know be be true to my brand and be true to what I love okay so we're, so we're selling it at Chef's Warehouse you are everywhere i think not almost everywhere almost everywhere comes in a five pounder if it's not selling in your area where's the camera if it's not selling in your area let me know no no just start yelling at your chef's <laughs> warehouse like ohio that's how ohio got it right rocco from fahrenheit and a couple other people were like no 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 like you don't get it and mind you cleveland's a little bit of a different world yeah. so when cleveland wants something cleveland gets it right, right. But like rocco was like yo like Where's my, I want new school. And like, you know, so like, don't get rough, be respectful, but feel free to push and we'll get it to you. But I think like reps should be going out, like what, like what, what you said really is like resonating with me with like the, this oily cheddar, like going out and saying to the chef, like, now you can do this, like giving them permission yes. to you, say like, you, you can put this yeah. on your burger you yeah. and it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Like you that can, needs, we have you, to change. You can be you. Right. It's okay to be you. It's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be you. I love that. Thank you, New School. (laughs) Be yourself, New School American. And correct me if I'm wrong, at Yankee Stadium, Uh they were putting New School American cheese. Early adapters. Onto the Aaron Judge Uh number 99 burger. Is that what it was called? So I got got hit up on Instagram by the chef, uh, Chef Matt Gibson from Yankee Stadium. Before, like, literally... It was before we were even with Chef's Warehouse. In fact, I think that's what kind of got the ball rolling with you guys because they're one of your clients. And like, Matt's like, I'm doing, I I see that you're selling, that you have this cheese. He's like, I need to, he's like, we're doing a limited burger, 99 of them a game, double Wagyu smashed patties. And I need to put slices of New School on it. I'm like, I'm a diehard Yankee fan. And I'm like, no problem. He's like, he's like, who do you sell through there? I'm like, nobody. Like, but I'm going to figure it out. We had already been in talk. So like, it was like close and like, it really took that. I was like, Yankees wanted guys. Like, can we move this along? I remember we missed the deadline by a week. Right. So Yankees, uh, Yankees press day. I loaded up two suitcases (laughs) with new school and flew. It was like, it was like the movie blow. I was like, <laughs> right. And like, we yes. like, I like picked up my suitcases yep. from the, I picked up my suitcases from the, you know, from the baggage check and walked them over to, went, I took a red eye, went straight to the Yankee State. I'm like, boom, put them on the table, like unzipped it, opened it up. And it was like, it was like Pulp Fiction where like, you know, like they open up the suitcase and it like glows gold. It was like, opened it up and it was like blocks of American cheese. And I was like, that should get you through. And uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would expect nothing less. This is the, you know, now you're in the big leagues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the house that Ruth yeah, built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. I, I, media day, I took, a, I took a block of the, there's that statue. I don't know if you know, like, if you walk into, like, through the VIP passes, there's a statue of uh, Steinbrenner. Uh-huh. And he's got his hand like this. It's like, tucked a block of new school in his arm like he was, like he was hugging it. It was a very special. The boss. It was a very That's special nice. moment. <laughs> it was a very special moment. Do you cook at home? Yes. 
Okay. So if I were to open your pantry, fridge, whichever, what are the five ingredients that you must have in there that I will find at all times? And you can't, it can't be oil and salt. We've already know that. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm starting that. That's a new thing for this season. What are the five ingredients that I use the most? Or like, what do I need to have in there? I need. Uh, What's always in there? What's all, Yeah. Good what are your staples? Good olive oil. Okay. I just told you you can't say it. It's okay. It. Oh, I can't say it. Right. Yeah, can't and then I'll start over. I think you, you um, got to let them say okay. it. Everyone no, 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 says no, 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 it. You just can't maple count syrup. it towards the total. Okay, fine. Ma- maple syrup. Okay. I like that. I like I that. maple syrup a lot. Um, mirin. Mm-hmm. I deglaze a lot of things with mirin. Um, on that same vein, um, yuzu koju. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a kind of a fun thing to kind of like to, to brighten it up. We're talking pantry only? It could be fridge. Oh, in the fridge too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always in there. Butter. Like. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I still can't say fat, so, but I didn't no, say oil. Well, well, I can say butter. I can say butter. You can say butter. There's no rules here. Um, Why do you, do you have, um, and, Frank, and, and to be honest with you. Because they always use olive oil and salt, and then and that's two, and that's it's, two that's ingredients, two and two. then like, yeah, you know. But then you, well, you can make them do more. I want it to be exciting. Um, I, Whatever I'll, I'll Charlie you, Palmer. Uh, but I will tell you, uh, really good black pepper. Super important. What is really good black pepper? Like tell a cherry pepper, like, uh-huh. like a really good. Can you go to the supermarket and buy your pepper? I have had, <laughs> I've had a, a huge stash from the last restaurant I closed. That yeah. I still haven't worked my way through because yeah. I closed it when my second born was born. But you know, and and they don't eat like I don't like. My wife's always like like uh, and like her friends are always like, oh, you must be so blessed to have a, a chef husband. And like and, like I cook food once. And, like my kids are six and nine. Like when they're. 13 and 15, are they going to know how to sear fucking foie gras? 100%. But like right now, they eat chicken tenders and like steamed broccoli. And like if I put black pepper on it, it's like, what's that spice in there? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like, I, I don't like this. my way through it. But right. like you get it from like a, like a, but like I love good crap. Good mm-hmm. quality. Yeah. Quality black pepper. Is that five? That's five. Is that five? Do you need more? Do you want American more, cheese. I feel like you want more. How many pounds of American cheese is in, in your fridge? fridge right now? I mean, he's in the cheese business. I know. I just like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, like picturing I, like, you. To be fair, like, not to scare you, like, this isn't like how much we eat. But I've got 27. <laughs> not, this isn't judgment. I've got 27 pounds of American 20, oh, cheese in my fridge. That's yeah. it. How many pounds you got in your cheese? <laughs> and like, I've also got like, I've got like the ends from when I slice it, like the little nubbins. Yeah. I've got some pre-sliced stuff. I've got a couple of bricks. My wife hates me. She's like, we open up the fridge and she's like, are you serious right now? And I'm like, babe, it's for the bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. New yeah. school American cheese. Three years later. I think it's one of the greatest products that oh, we've I'm, launched in the last several you, years. Thank like, you. 100%. That means a lot. Like like I said earlier, like brilliant in its simplicity, but a product that I feel like everybody needs to be using. I can't believe it hasn't American been cheese. done yet. And I'm so glad that you did it. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Well, we love new school American cheese. We do. We love you. Appreciate Greeny. you guys. And we look thank forward you so much to this for the great future with it. And uh, let's go. It's great. Thanks again. What are we going to talk about next time? For more than 30 years, Tribeca Oven has been committed to providing you with great-tasting, handcrafted, frozen, par-baked artisan bread. Their passion is delivering exceptional flavor, quality, and versatility in every loaf, roll, and baguette, from elevated table bread to upgraded burger options. With Tribeca Oven, you will enjoy an elevated bread experience that will keep you and your customers returning for more. Don't miss the opportunity to elevate your menu with Tribeca Oven Artisan Bread. Try the latest additions to the baguette line, the Harvest Grain Baguette, 
Featuring a hint of sweetness, topped with a special blend of cracked wheat, flax, oats, rye, and sunflower seeds, which is also incorporated into the dough, this baguette will bring a uniqueness to your table bread offering or sandwich menu that will keep your guests' taste buds satisfied. One taste is all the proof you'll need. Contact your sales rep today to request your samples. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ingredient Insiders. Follow us on Instagram at Ingredient Insiders. You can find the products we discussed on today's episode at chefswarehouse.com or at your favorite specialty retailer.